The following is Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. Welcome back. This is Nature of Business, and I'm your host, Chrissy Coughlin. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And we have Mark Buckley with us uh, on the line. And Mark Buckley is the VP of Environmental Affairs at uh, Staples. And he is a, I'm not sure how many, we're going to have to figure out exactly how many year veteran, but I believe it's 17 to 20 years, we'll ask him in a minute, uh, veteran of Staples. And he directs their environmental commitment and sustainable business practices to protect and preserve natural resources. He's responsible for driving the company's environmental leadership in four major areas, purchase and promotion of recycled content products, chain-wide recycling initiatives, energy conservation programs, and renewable power per, power procurement. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Chrissy. Pleasure to be with you. How, so, how, how the veteran, you're the veteran, how many years? Are we? <laughs> uh, 22, actually. Okay, 22 so it's years. 22. Wow. Okay, so that's yeah. great. So, that's going to be my first question for sure, is, is I know that we mentioned earlier on the radio show that, that when Staples was created, and I think I've heard you talk about this, that it was really a, meant to be a regional company, or at least that was the short-term goal. And here, Staples is quite, quite ubiquitous. Uh, how, how is this... Um, through your trajectory of your career, talk to us about sort of what th- what has happened and how things have evolved into your current position. Sure. Well, you know, Staples, Chrissy, had uh, sort of a tumble beginnings here in the Boston area back in 1986. Um, we opened our first store just outside of Boston in Brighton, Massachusetts. And uh, when I joined the company, I think we had 35 stores here in the northeast part of the United States and sort of had aspirational goals to to be a, a regional, maybe a national company, retailer only. And today our business is, is certainly far different than that. I mean, we have operations in 26 uh, countries around the world. Uh, we have 88,000 associates around the world. And actually our retail business is the smaller part of our business. Um, our contract business represents about 60% of our our business today, um, which is our B2B business and uh, in our dot-com business. And we um, operate now the second largest e-commerce site in the world behind Amazon. So it's uh, it's a, a far different business than when I started. You are second behind Amazon in e-commerce? Yes. Wow. I had no idea. That's, that's... Uh, Most people don't. <laughs> See, this is why, you know, this is what I said earlier as well. I said, we're going to learn a lot of thing about, things about Staples today that you had no idea. So that's that's one. That's, that's fascinating. So I mentioned in the intro the four key environmental cornerstones um, upon, you know, which Staples uh, environmental strategy and businesses are based. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, you know, we were really um, looking at... Um, uh, there, there are now really five pillars in our in our okay. strategy, but it, it's uh, it's really focused on um, the five key areas: uh, green products and services. So, what can we develop do to develop more sustainable products, and and what can we do to provide um, sustainable services to to customers, whether the one person business all the way up to the multinational Fortune 500 company. Um, the second area is around um, looking at the life cycle impacts of the products that we sell, and 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 aspirationally trying to, to, to offer recycling options for folks around problematic waste such as e-waste, et cetera, um, te- technology waste. Um, the third area is, is around efficiency. What can we do to become much more efficient in our operations, um, reduce uh, our impacts um, you know, in, our, in our fleets, in our distribution centers, and in our stores? 
Um, the fourth area is what can we do to, to really reduce our carbon impacts associated with energy and energy use. So commitment to, you know, green buildings and energy efficiency and, and, um, and also um, um, renewable energy. And um, the fifth area is a, is a little bit, um, you know, it's probably a little bit newer for us, but really looking at um, what our impacts are in the, in the communities that we operate in, not, not just um, uh, where we have a physical presence, but really thinking about this more broadly in the context of our interdependent global supply chain. So mm -hmm. um, all of that um, is really the, the, the foundation, those represent the foundational elements of um, what we believe will be um, a sustainable um, business uh, leadership strategy for us going forward. But that all needs to be sort of based on, on, on solid metrics and, and um, measuring our, our own performance and our suppliers' performance, and then obviously building capabilities uh, and educating our own associates as well as our customers as to how they can um, um, build a, a much more sustainable business platform. So that's, that's really okay. the, the, the fundamental you know, elements of, of our overall strategy. Okay, and I, I definitely want to talk about the actual products for a minute, but let's 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 start with the supply the suppliers because I know that you had said um, in 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 one talk where I where I saw you you talked about the, the carbon impact of of Staples itself being relatively small compared to that of the suppliers. How how are you addressing the supply chain issue with a company that is so large and in twenty six countries? How do you actually coordinate these these initiatives? Sure. Um, well, I think you know again, Chrissy. I think the the, the big the big um, opportunity for us, as, as you mentioned, is supply chain. About ninety three percent of our um, environmental footprint really resides in the products and and packaging and transportation of moving those products to our customers. Um, the other seven percent is within the four walls of our operation. So, um, without a doubt, um, trying to have influence over a, a large global supply chain is is not not easy. Um, we're very fortunate in that we have a very robust and, and large Staples brand, um, where we have um, manufacturers that are essentially contract manufacturers for us, and we have certainly much more control in terms of the design. Um, and the sustainable attributes, you know, of those particular products. And then we're working collaboratively um, in an effort that we call internally a, a, a race to the top, which is really working with some of our largest and most strategic suppliers in reducing the environmental footprint um, associated with um, packaging and, and really looking at category-specific um, scorecards to improve environmental performance across all of our products. So the idea is, is in the future, is that um, you know we don't want to have just a, a sort of a select group of products that are, are quote green, but that in fact all of our products across all of our categories meet a higher um, level of sustainability and environmental performance. Mm -hmm. That's funny. I, I I had a guest on last week who was talking about that in the context of the food and agricultural industry and how. The Gen Yers, uh, the, you know, the, the people coming up into the world and the workforce are demanding that companies do that. They do that exact thing where they don't have just a novelty product and then the rest is not environmentally sound. That it's the, the, the trend is moving in the direction of having all products meet a certain standard. Which brings me to the point, um, to, the, to this factoid that I also didn't know about Staples, that I, I believe um, that all of your paper products in your stores have a minimum post-consumer recycled content of 30% to start with, is that correct? Uh, most of them do. I would say that the the bulk of them, in fact, do, and we're moving uh, the bulk of those products to um, FSC certification for stewardship council certification, which we believe you know has the 
highest level of rigor. But um, what's interesting is that, you know, as as we were we were talking about sort of in, embedding sustainability into um, into just the way that we de- develop and design and bring to market our products, I think we're we're also thinking differently about what represents a sustainable product. So, for example, mm-hmm. if um, if we're talking about a 30% recycled uh, content copy paper um, and it's FSC certified, you know, it certainly speaks to the fiber source and where it came from. But if that fiber is going to the worst polluting mill in North America, for example, is, in fact, is that a sustainable product? We would argue that it's not. So so I think there's an evolution of thought in terms of us thinking more holistically about, um, you know, the, the, um, the sustainable attributes of products and, and really thinking about them in the context of uh, the lifestyle cycle as opposed to just one or two attributes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you thought about, um, uh, or I'm sure you have thought about this, but the having products in your in your um, stores that are not paper-based? So let's say sure. you're hearing about companies that are making paper out of different fibers, for instance. Sure. So we we actually have a whole selection of products um, under our sustainable earth line that are made out of uh, um, bagasse, so sugar cane waste. Mm-hmm. And we've had those products for several years. Um, so there, there are notebooks and paper pads and sticky notes that are made out of um, 80% um, bagasse and 20% certified pine. So we're looking at agricultural waste as um, uh, as a potential fiber source. And obviously, when you start to look at um, uh, the impacts associated with land use and and, and so forth. Um, what we don't want to do is to really take arable land and and um, and use that to 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 grow fiber on its own because obviously we'd be competing for for food. Mm. Um, what's what's a, a more effective and, and probably envi- a better environmental um, opportunity for us is to really look at a cash crop that already exists, such as sugar cane or wheat or flax, and look at that fiber and see whether in fact we can make a high quality paper product out of that agricultural waste that in many cases just historically gets burned in the fields and mm. creates a whole host of other problems. So um, we have we, we have a very robust line, as I said, of um, these sugarcane-based products and um, looking to expand and look at other um, uh, fiber alternatives beyond um, traditional wood-based fiber. How are they selling? How are the consumers? Are they Do they get it? Do they, do they buy the products? Do they feel like they have an equal... Uh, are the efficacy is there? Sure, sure. Yeah, that's a great question, Chrissy. I, I think you know the at, the at the end of the day, you know what what is most important to us is that first and foremost, the products need to to make to be high quality. So they need to meet our customers' needs as it relates to fit, form, and function. And um, and if it does that, and you know you can create a compelling environmental story to go along with it, and and also create price parity, then then you can fundamentally create you know um, brand new markets where markets don't exist today. And I think that's really our goal. Our goal really is, again, to try and create enough um, critical mass in the marketplace to fundamentally change the way that these products not only get brought to market, um, but the way that customers um, accept them, you know, based on the high quality aspects of of the product, and then um, really trying to address the price barrier and get it down to a point where, you know, they can compete with more traditional products Mm -hmm. in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And how about, um, I know when I go into Staples, I'm, you know, just one person running my own business, and so I go and buy the the, the 100% recycled paper, and it's a little bit more, but um, it makes economic sense for me. Um, The product placement in it is okay. 
but sometimes I have to search for it. Is there is there are there efforts to place these the items that are maybe more um, contain more recycled content in a in a in an area where where customers are seeing them first, or is is where how is that? Sure, I, I would work? say that's the biggest challenge that we have, Chrissy, right now, is to create more visibility around those those products. You know, not only in store but online and in in our catalog. So, um, so there is an effort internally to to have us start to to um, create wayfind systems to make it much easier for customers to identify those products that have a, a, a higher um, sustainable um, um, attribute. Um, we have a number of other examples again where we don't take credit for you know for for um, a particular product. Um, uh, probably the greatest example would be in our copy and print centers, where if you walk in today and and get a print job done at the copy center, it's being printed on you know a 24 pound, uh, 96 bright. Um, FSC certified, um, 50% post-consumer recycled um, paper stock, mm. and in fact, we you know there's not a single um, sign up in the copy center, unfortunately, <laughs> that, that calls that out. So I think I think we're 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 in the process right now of trying to figure out how do we how do we start to communicate um, the vision that we have at Staples in a way that's authentic and credible with customers, um, and in a way that. Um, uh, you know, makes them feel comfortable that the product that they're getting again meets all of their um, first and foremost their quality standards, and then and then obviously um, is competitively priced. And uh, oh, by the way, it's it just happens to be better for the planet. You know, we think right, that's exactly. probably the best way to move it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, are you what What is the process of of just to stay on the the customer um, topic for sure. a minute? Um, what is the the process of of engaging them? Or, and, and are you getting a lot of feedback directly? feedback from them and, and what is that? Are they demanding certain things? Are they, what are their suggestions? Yeah. I would say at retail right now, Christy, that's a great question. I would say at retail, um, I would say customers are not necessarily knocking down the doors mm-hmm. um, looking for um, for green products, unfortunately. I, I think there's, um, you know, uh, uh, and there always will be a um, a small group of customers that are that are always going to be looking for those things, um, yep. you and I probably included. Mm-hmm. Um but um, I would say on uh, where we've seen the biggest level of, of, of interest is the greatest level of interest is probably in the contract space where um, we have um, you know large contract businesses that have um, sustainability components built into their request for proposal and request for bid mm-hmm. uh, for products that we supply them and are very specific about that. So um, I would say that's probably the been the the, the, the biggest area of interest. Um, from our customer base, and I would say, though, that as you mentioned before, the the Generation Ys and and um, and et cetera, though, you know, those those folks are, I think, coming to market with an expectation that you know that that products, all products, are, are meeting a higher level of sustainability, hopefully. And and so, what we need to do is effectively, I think, communicate that, and then build that into into a long term brand equity, you know, in terms of how the customer views Staples as a as sort of a trusted source of of these kinds of products and a, hopefully a trusted advisor as well. Right, right. For those of you who are just joining us, I'm speaking with Mark Buckley. He's the VP of Environmental Affairs at Staples. Let's talk about the uh, e-waste issue. I, I read um, just yesterday the partnership with HP, and I was not aware of it, and I believe it just happened last month. I may be wrong, but um, e-waste is a big deal. And I've done some work in it. T- tell, tell us a little bit about this partnership and what Staples is doing with regard to electronic waste. 
Sure. So, um, so today, Staples, in partnership with um, HP, is, has been running a, a program since April um, where customers uh, can bring up to six items to any Staples store um, to be recycled. So that could be a computer, a monitor, a laptop, a printer, um, and we'll take them back free of charge and recycle them responsibly uh, through our third-party um, partner, who is both R2 and uh, eStort certified. Um, and so we're we're very proud of the program. Um, it really had its its roots um, probably back in 2003, 2004, when Staples was one of um, the founding uh, companies with the EPA plug-in e-cycling program, mm-hmm. and really looking at um, you know this this mounting problem of of electronic gadgets and and, and waste that had no place to go. And uh, at that point in time, unfortunately, folks were just saying, well, it's not my problem. You know, retailers were saying it's not us, and OEMs were saying it's really not us, and, and yet municipalities and businesses and consumers were really challenged to, to what to do with this stuff responsibly. So mm-hmm. we, we knew that, you know, um, as, a, as a responsible global company, we needed to come up with a solution. And um, we, in 2004, we actually piloted a program up here in the, in the northeast part of the United States um, and found that, you know, customers are very receptive to, to an offer. Um, we, we further tested it in the Pacific Northwest and King and Sonomish counties back in 2005 and a number of stores out there where we provided an everyday um, recycling option for consumers. We charged them at that point in time to cover the costs of handling and recycling. Um, and in 2007, we basically took that program and that pilot that we had built in the Pacific Northwest and we launched it nationally. So we were the first uh, retailer to offer, national retailer to offer everyday um, uh, consumer recycling for electronics, uh, again, with a fee until this uh, most recent uh, partnership with HP um, allowed us to offer that that service free to consumers, which we're really excited about. That's really, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many electronic <laughs> items I have, but I, <laughs> sure. I, I will definitely have six items to be bringing to you. I did, that's, a, that's great information for our listeners because, uh, you know, a lot of times people do get charged and, and they just, more, more often than not, people just really don't know where to bring their stuff. So um, that's that's great information. Yeah, and if I could just add one more one more thing. I mean, I think the, 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 the demographic that, you know, we are able to service as a result of this partnership that is typically shut out of municipal options are small businesses. You know, many mm-hmm. small businesses can't recycle through their local transfer stations or through local municipalities, or they're too small to to really recycle with large recyclers. So, um, so clearly, um, the ability for small businesses to come in seven days a week and drop off their um, old electronic um, waste and you know in sixteen hundred stores across the country we think is a is um, is a great um, uh, certainly a great program particularly for small businesses mm-hmm. and you guys the the third partner that you have so people can be assured that that it is going to be handled responsibly once it is given to the store. Switches, sure. Our, yeah. our, our, our third-party partner is a company called Electronics Recyclers International. That is a company I did some work with. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. They're they're very reputable. They're in Fresno. They are out of Fresno. Um, we were, you know, we did a lot of due diligence um, several years ago um, as we looked at. Um, um, changing suppliers, and we really wanted to focus on a a, a, um, uh, a recycler that um, first and foremost was um, able to meet the certification standards that we were most interested in. Um, we wanted to make sure 
that this material wasn't exported. Sure. Um, so again, we, we, we were very um, uh, very much focused on trying to find an e-steward partner where we could, and then obviously look for a partner that had a, um, a logistical footprint that really uh, matched up pretty well with our store base and our distribution center base. And ERI was um, really the partner that fit the um, you know the bill on all those fronts. So we were really excited about uh, being able to partner with you know such a high quality operation. Mm-hmm. That's terrific. So how about the employees? Uh, you have you mentioned eighty eight thousand associates. Is there um, a mechanism in place whereby you're getting feedback from them? And what what are what are the employees saying that they would like the company to be doing, or they're happy and proud that they already are doing? Wow. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> a, a big, question, big but, question. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, a big, it's a big, big question. But you know, it's funny, Chrissy. The the I think the uh, you know what you you know what you're asking is really the um, it's it's sort of the um, uh, the, the foundational you know um, um, it's 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 really foundational to our overall sustainability strategy, and that is really building capabilities within our organization. Yeah. So, how can 88,000 associates, no matter where they work in the organization, um, look at the work that they do through a sustainability lens? And um, obviously, they're closest to the customer, they're closest mm-hmm. to the opportunity, and they're also closest to the problem. And um, and the idea is is empowering them to to start to look at their um, the work that they do every day through a sustainability lens and actually provide us feedback. Um, many of the, the the best ideas that we get quite quite candidly come from our associates in the field, and and we're we're very proud of that. Um, I would say that you know it's it, it continues to. Um, um, gain more attention. Um, I would say that when we talk to our recruiters that are looking for, um, you know, the best and brightest talent coming out of school these days, it's um, this is either the first or the second question that they get asked. The recruiters get asked, you know, mm-hmm. what, you know, what's our position, you know, relative to uh, to sustainability and to the community, et cetera. And so, um, so clearly, it's it's becoming increasingly important, you know, within our. Um, associate population, but um, the power of being able to to, to build capabilities and, and have them uh, come up with solutions, and for us to adopt them and to scale them in in, in ways that are really meaningful, we think is is, is really really exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it seems and, to fit in with the fifth pillar of you know you with the newer pillar that you have of of, of engaging communities too. Um, yeah. Absolutely, and 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 you know when we think about communities and community engagement, sometimes you know in the context of you know where we have a physical presence and a physical building, but you know now when we think about the impact that we have, um, you know on large enterprise customers or on a global supply chain and communities that you know that might be affected by a tier two or a tier three or a tier four supplier, it really starts to give us a very different um, um, sort of perception as to what we think about, as to how we think about community and what context we think about community. It's, uh, and it really starts to open up a whole um, a whole set of new possibilities and ideas. And, and, and I think that's the thing that's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, we, th- we think it's actually, you know, it, it, it's, it's actually a foundational element for innovation. And, mm-hmm. and, and we're, we're seeing it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and that, that honestly really excites us. That's great. So I wanted to talk about your the, sort of the, the role of, of the chief sustainability officer. I know that you're the VP of Environmental Affairs. And, and in 2011, 
there was a structure change whereby you are really almost reporting to the CEO. You're reporting to um, a member of the executive committee who reports to the CEO. At least this is what I've read. How, so you, your impact at Staples, I mean, you're actually really getting listened to here. This is, and, and do you have a team with you that, that is that is working with you? That's the first question. And then are you actively meeting with the CEO and this executive member c- committee uh, to, to really move the needle here? Sure. I've been very fortunate here at Staples in that we've gotten you know tremendous support from our senior leadership team, from Ron Sargent, our CEO, to you know Joe Duty, who's my direct report. Joe is is responsible for our North American delivery operations, which is really the largest segment of our business. But he sits also on the on the executive committee, so um, we have access you know to that group of senior level executives. And I'm also asked uh, from time to time to come into the the board of directors meetings and provide updates. So, you know, I'm very fortunate that we have not only access, but, you know, tremendous support from our senior leadership team here at Staples. Mm -hmm. And was that the case, you know, in 2008 when the economy kind of was not doing as well? How how was this affecting the sustainability, the work that you were doing? Did it it still maintain its course or were you finding it more of an uphill battle? Um, you know, I, I, I think like, you know, like, like any business, uh, I think that, um, you know, the economic downturn, you know, um, forced a lot of companies to, to really pare back and to, um, and to retreat to sort of more traditional, you know, thinking. But I would say here at Staples, you know, during that time, we didn't lose any traction. As a matter of fact, I would say we accelerated probably our commitment mm-hmm. over the last um, four years, which is, um, you know, again, I feel very fortunate, um, yeah. you know, to work in a company where, you know, that that's valued and, and where the commitment, you know, continues to um, gain momentum as opposed to, you know, lose traction. And I've talked to some of my colleagues in other companies where, unfortunately, that's not the case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have time for one more question. Tell us what you're, what, what you're working on that, that most excites you right now. Oh, wow. Uh, what excites me the most? Um, I know your day-to-day is crazy and busy, every, <laughs> it's different and busy, but what, what are some of the, the projects or some partnerships that are that you're working on that just make you particularly excited I think I'm really excited about some of the work that we're doing you know around um, energy and energy independence um, Staples was one of the uh, first companies to to sign uh, a third-party solar ownership agreement back in 2003 called a power purchase agreement and uh, What's interesting is that I think I read an article recently where 85% of all the installed solar in the United States now is being done under similar agreements. So mm-hmm. our ability to sort of use our buildings to host um, uh, solar generation and to, and to enter into long-term agreements to buy the power off of those systems um, is fundamentally been a game changer for us and I think for a lot of other companies. Um, we also are you know, making some huge investments in um, things like fuel cell technology, you know, we're, we were the second commercial um, application of a solid oxide fuel cell called the Bloombox, mm-hmm. and um, we have a number of other installations um, that are either in development today or have been installed, and we're looking to, you know, to build more of those. So the idea is, how do we create more of a distributed generation platform for um, our large buildings that essentially don't uh, force us to rely on the grid, mm. and also um, how do we fuel things like fuel cells with, say, directed biogas, so that we can create a, you know, essentially a zero carbon um, power generation platform. And what excites us about that, quite candidly, is that, you know, our ability then to plug and play things like um, 
you know, our electric trucks, delivery trucks into that system mean that we're not moving emissions from one tailpipe to another, but in fact we're creating truly a, you know, a zero carbon or a low carbon, um, you know, logistical infrastructure, which, um, you know, we think is going to be the wave of the future. When you look at um, how, you know, the developing world is going to build their power generation infrastructure, they're not going to build this large command and control and heavily polluting infrastructure. They're going to look at building small, you know, microgrid and um, distributed generation infrastructures that are going to be, you know, um, a lot less impactful on the environment and probably a lot more reliable. So um, that excites us. So we think it's not only, you know, good, smart business in terms of creating an energy independence uh, platform for us, but certainly it's, it's, it reduces dramatically our impacts on on uh, global climate change. So we're excited about that. Wow. I'm glad I asked that last question. That's a lot of really interesting stuff. Mark, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to speak with me and with our audience. And uh, I think we all learned quite a bit. And I appreciate your work. Oh, Chrissy, thank you so much for the time today. I really appreciate being with you. Okay. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too now. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. The proceeding has been Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. 